Welcome, friends, to the Miles with Marty podcast. This is home base for running community love, and we're sponsored by Squirrels Nut Butter. Spread the lube, and your blister and chafing problems will go away. You can thank me later. Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome to the Miles with Marty podcast. This is episode 23, and boy, do I have a treat for you today. It's been several weeks since I recorded this, but I'm finally getting around to putting it out. I had the real pleasure of interviewing my good friend Jim Miller from Orlando, Florida. Jim was a real treat to interview because not only is he an avid runner with over 200 marathons and already making a dent in the ultra world, even though he's only been doing it for a couple of years, but he's just an incredible human, giving lots of his time to community service and helping others. Most recently, Jim just finished first place in his age group at the Daytona 100 as he and I both ran our first 100-miler, and I am so proud of him for doing that at 70 years young. He's a great storyteller, and I think you'll enjoy the interview, so stick around. Without any further delay, I bring to you my interview with Jim Miller. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Miles with Marty podcast. I've got the legend Jim Miller on the line with me tonight. It's a real treat for me. I've known him for a little, maybe two years now, over a year, and uh have not heard his story myself of what got him into running and and some of the awesome stories. And I'm sure we won't have enough time to hear them all because he's got a bunch of stories, but we can scratch the surface today. So uh, welcome, Jim. Thank you, buddy. I, I think, I think back to exactly when you and I first met and it was two years ago at Dawn's 12 hour race. She does her 612 like in June. Yep. And it was the heat index that day was about 112 degrees. And if I remember it correctly, my goal was to run all 12 hours and to hit 40 miles. And I was doing okay for the first six hours, you know, and then it started getting really hot. And if I remember correctly, you did six hours and then you went and manned the aid station at the loop. Is that right? That's right. And here's where you and I bonded at that. I I like warm Coke when I start to get weary. And you had it figured out, and you said, I'll have the cup waiting for you. I've got you timed. I'll be ready for you. So every time I came around for the next six hours, I didn't have to ask. You had the Coke ready for me. And I hit my 40 miles. Awesome. Yep. Yeah, I remember I remember that day too, like it was yesterday. I was I can't believe it was two years ago. It might have been last year. Was it? No, last? no, it was two years ago. Okay. But two anyway, yeah, it was uh yeah, that was my first experience for volunteering at a race. And yep. I let you know, and after running for six hours, I was not feeling hundred percent great when I started the volunteering process. Yep. But uh, to see, you know, you, as you know, because I'm sure you've, you've been involved in that before, to watch people and to play a small part and to help people accomplish their goals is, is as much or more fulfilling than doing your own. It's, it's, it's the beauty of this racing community. And certainly now, as you and I have progressed from not just the 5, 10, 15, 20 Ks, not just a marathon. We've we've progressed now into 
thanks to uh, thanks an awful lot to Dawn, we've progressed to this ultra running community where everybody. I've never, ever, ever been involved with a sport, never even witnessed a sport where everybody, whether they are running with you, ahead of you or behind you, whether they are at the aid station, everybody is just so incredibly naturally supportive. It, it's just, it, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in, in the two years now, you and I are in touch almost every week, you know, social media or a call or whatever, call each other brother, cheering each other on, and have something to look forward to when we do Daytona. Yep. It's a real honor to run into. I mean, and you meet people in every race you do, you meet another person or two or three or five, and you can call and you can form that close of a relationship uh, with that common bond that we share. And it's it's just so that relationships with real people are what cause happiness and content in life. Don't you agree? No question. Um, Just take a look at you, me, uh, a couple months ago at Jack's. Okay, Um, you doing a wonderful job with Mike and James volunteering, keeping the race going. Lots of energy there. Um, I had an okay race met the qualifying cutoff time, but it was just barely. Um, and then at the kind of award ceremony, which I, you know, just wanted to sit in on, for me to be able to sit with Violetta, 27-year-old Violetta, who had set new records and just go, I can't believe this woman, can't believe what she is accomplishing. And that just motivates me beyond belief. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It's so awesome to watch her, and and you know she finished at I don't know what uh, one o'clock in the afternoon, and she sat there till four thirty or so, yeah. and watched everybody else finish. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 it's, it's a pretty impressive uh, community of runners who all are supportive and all are appreciative of what it took for you to get there. And what it takes for you to get it done. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It is something. Yeah. And I've talked to, you know, we had quite a few people come in from out of town for that becoming ultra thing. Yep. Are you familiar with that? Yes. And I've talked to several of those people already because I'm, you know, I'm doing a recap episode for the race. And uh, all of those, without exception, were just super impressed with the, local running community you know and and following that dawn has it at her races you know they were they were all super happy and that they got to come to that race so it's 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 an interesting point you make marty it's rare i mean i've been fortunate enough now to have done 50 states and all that and i follow a lot on social media but i have found particularly thanks to Dawn's leadership, Dawn's example, Dawn's management, Dawn's coaching. Uh, she has just such an incredibly great following that in, you know, North Florida at the Palm Coast area and watching it now expand with what she's doing with Mike on New Year's Day and all that sort of stuff. It's a, it's a very rare um regional local community of runners where I look forward to 
I'm, I'm already looking forward to not just December. I'm already looking forward to January to see everybody who's running for the past two years. Yeah, me too. Well, I'm. are you running the race on January 1st? Yeah. Cool. She she told me that I shouldn't run it because of Daytona. So I'm going down there and I'm going to be cooking something special. So you be Perfect. sure you be sure to eat some of my good cooking. I absolutely <laughs> one. I absolutely will. Two, I kind of established this for myself maybe five or six years ago. Dear people who I met through the Fifty States Club, Steve and Paula Boone are basically the organizers and runners of the 50 states club and they have a tradition of this goes back five or six years now of doing a race in um it's it's kingstown i think texas it's a it's a little bit outside of houston of doing it on new year's day and for many many years they had the only marathon in the country on new year's day well, I've done it three or four times, and they are just masterful at, at, at doing it. Um, and then realized, discovered that Dawn has her race. And I thought, well, why fly to Houston when I can just take a two-hour drive and do that? Um, and for the past two years, uh, have been blessed, lucky, uh, fit enough as Dawn is so good at creating incentives for the runners. So for the past two years, I've been the eldest finisher for the race. So that's, that's my motivation to go back and, you know, reclaim oldest finisher. And what a wonderful way to start the year. Yep, definitely. Well, it'll be intriguing. That's, that's a beautiful trail up there. I haven't been on that new part that they're doing that race on, but. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. So yeah. Her partnership with Mike, it'll be interesting. Be very yeah. interesting. Yeah, because yep. he's got a really good loyal following up there, too, and, no a, and a great group of volunteers. So that'll make for a nice team, I'm sure. I'm already looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm already looking forward to it. All um, right. Well, go ahead. You were about to say something. Well, no, I was going to ask. Uh, I saw in one of your notes, maybe maybe even earlier today, about training and tapering and all that for Daytona. And you had mentioned that you had a race that went You've gone as far as 67 miles. Where was that? 62. Yeah, that was that was uh, the Three Sisters Trail Ultra Festival. It was a 24-hour race that I did over Memorial Day weekend. Oh, okay, okay. And, uh, okay. okay. I went – my goal originally was to get to about 75 miles, you know, and that was kind of my build-up to, yep. to the 100-mile distance. But I – encountered several problems along the way yep, <laughs> it's, it's the first race that i ever did that i actually experienced a reset and you know what i mean by reset is oh yeah yep you get in a spot where you're really hurting for a yep. period of time yep. and you come out on the other side of it and feel fresh as a daisy yep and that's yep. the first time i'd ever I, about mile 40 to 45 i was hurting bad and ready to quit and and uh i sat down and changed socks and shoes Yep. This was a 5K loop through the woods. It had a, it was a trail, mostly single track, and okay. it, had a, it had a section in there that was just brutal. You know, after about mm, eight or ten loops, <laughs> it was straight uphill, and so oh, it, got, 
it got to where that thing was like climbing Mount Everest after a oh. while. And uh, I was, I was in a lot of pain. And, uh, but when I sat down and changed my socks and shoes, yep. got some food in me, I had another good 10 or 12 miles that were pain free. And I ran as strong as I had run all day with that. And so I learned, I learned that resets are possible there. Resets are possible. And, and so that, you know, at 62 miles, as we both get ready for Daytona, you are 12 miles further than anything I've ever done. So I look forward to following you for a hundred miles. So. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, we've got the, um, miles on our feet to be able to accomplish I, I think that last 50 miles is more up top than it is down below you know yeah. what i mean yeah i i, I if there's one thing i have learned in the past particularly two years it is that as long as you train regularly as long as you and you're a perfect example of this marty as long as you watch and control your diet um then then the training part is not the question um mentally it it, it makes all the difference in the world so i'm 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 totally with you totally with you. yeah and i've learned a lot from you know just from being around races and watching others go through things i was just at a, a 24-hour track race this, yeah. this weekend have you ever been to one of those no no that's a whole different animal those people are crazy and I yeah. thought I, I thought I was crazy, but those people are crazy. <laughs> well, but 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 let's let's take a chapter out of our out of our buddy Lucian's book. Crazy becomes amazing. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so I watched this guy, the guy that was the eventual winner of the race. So I started, you know, I had a long run to do, and so I I showed up at five o'clock in the morning. I got up at three thirty so I could show up at five a.m to help Mike Melton set up his timing booth and pass yeah. out, pass out bibs. And uh, so I helped him. And then I watched the runners from the eight o'clock start to two o'clock in the afternoon. And they started a six hour race at two o'clock. That was not too crowded. So they let me jump in with the two o'clock people oh, okay. Okay. To, get my, to get my long run in. Yep. So I jump in there and start running at two o'clock and this guy, Name his name is Show. I forgot his Show Gray was his name. He's a young man, probably 28, 30 years old, something like that. At this point, he's already he's been running since eight o'clock. And these he's one of the front runners. He's clocking off, I don't know, eight, thirty, nine minute miles around a track and planning on going all night. And wow. so <laughs> yeah, that's what wow. I said. So he he goes into the pain cave about that time that I started, and he actually, uh, at some after I had gone probably an hour, he actually stopped running for a minute and took his running shoes off and put on some slippers, and he was walking around the track in slippers with a coat on because it started raining on us, and yep. it was I'd say probably fifty eight sixty degrees with the okay. slight rain, okay. So that was uncomfortable. Yep. So he had a big coat on and his slippers and he, but the important thing was he kept moving around that track and he was moving slow. You know, he was walking really slow, but he kept moving forward and he allowed his body to, to reset eventually. You know what I mean? And so after about a good hour, maybe an hour and a half of that, and he was taking in some food and some electrolytes at the time, you know, trying to 
get back whatever he had lost to get in the get in a you know the cave that he was in pain yep. cave. But whatever, eventually he reset and he started back running before I finished, and and he started back really slow. But by the time I finished my sixteen miles, he was back to his original speed and just cruising around there like nothing had ever happened. And so now there was this other guy named Jacob who was like a beast. He just ran a hundred miler up in Ohio uh, a month ago, back in October. It was called the Canal Corridor One Hundred. Yep. And 12.41, 12 hours and wow. minutes. Oh, my God. And and so he was there, and he, he was running at a project. He was In the day when he was running, he was the paces he was running, he was projecting to finish with like 180 miles yes. in 24 hours. And so, but something ended up happening to him during the night. I don't know if it was the cold weather that got him or what, but this guy's show ended up catching up with him and taking – first place and he finished the race with like 128 miles Whoa. you know so he he had that much of a comeback uh, and that was in 24 hours but he had that much of a comeback after a good hour and a half of just you know maybe walking at a maybe a 30 minute pace at sure. he was not making 20 you know he wasn't three miles per hour pace nowhere near that it's all as as you, as you well know now Again, if you're if you're in good shape and you are prepared, uh, it's all a matter of not just having a good mental state, but it's a matter of listening to your body. And nobody, I mean, even Dawn can coach you as as well as she possibly can. Um, but you know what's working, what's not working, and you you use the word reset. I kind of use the word recalibrate. That you need to recalibrate anything and everything. And in the case of the guy you're talking about, he had to recalibrate pace for a little while in order to resume pace. So it, 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 it's nobody can perfectly guide you to how to run your best race. Um, but listening to your body, I think, becomes key. Yeah. And one other thing, I, and then I'm going to let you tell your story. <laughs> one thing that I learned, well, I didn't, I kind of already knew it, and I've learned it from ultras, is that, you know, if you get into a pain cave, if you put a little energy and to try to lift somebody else up, then yours, your problems get better. No question. No <laughs> I, question. So I came across this, late, you know, you saw my story about what happened with me at New York City. and Yes. Mile three, I just started hurting everywhere. Yep. And it got worse and worse. But, yep. but finally, about mile 21, 22, yep. right as you're kind of running down the east side of Central Park there, uh, I had a brilliant idea. There was this girl that was running beside me, and she was obviously cramping because she was, you know, doing the stiff-legged run like we do sure. when we get calf cramps. Yep. And so I, you know, I used to be no, I used to notoriously get leg cramps in marathons. Uh, and so I carry this Highlands cramp cream with me on, in my little pack. Okay. And so okay. it's a little ointment that you put on, you rub on your cream, I mean, on your cramps and it, it'll make them go away. Yep. So anyway, I come across this girl cramping. So I said, would you like to put some cramp cream on, the, on those calves? 
And she said, what do you mean? What does it do? And I said, well, it looks like you're having cramps right now and it'll make them go away. She said, you're kidding. <laughs> so I said, pull over here for a second. So we pulled over and I handed her the tube and she put some on her calves and oh, you know, it takes you. it a minute or so to kick in. But uh, she started back running and gave me the thing back. She said, thank you. And, and took off, you know, shuffling again. And I kind of stayed behind her because I was struggling my own self, but yep. within a minute or so, bam, she took off. And the minute that I saw her take off, I got better. Yep. You know what I mean? My pain got better. And those last three or four miles of the race were my best miles. And, and, and you, despite the fact that you were challenged at three, struggled to 21, you still had a hell of a day. You had a great race. Yeah. Well, you know how we are. We sometimes we're our biggest, uh, detractors and no question yep and, yep. and i had i had you know because of the training that i put in for daytona i had bigger you know i i bigger ambitions i thought i would do better i thought i would feel so strong the whole way but you know it is what it is i it, what i remember most about the new york city marathon which i will never run again ran <laughs> once will never run it again uh, was one, just how cramped it was at Staten Island. Two, watching all the guys on the upper level of Verrazano Bridge taking a pee and watching the pee come down into the lower level. Yeah. Uh, and, and then the other the other thing is when you went to the Expo, I'll never forget a big Nike sign I saw that said, tomorrow, don't don't forget. Only point zero 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 one percent of the world's population will ever cross a marathon finish line. Yeah, I remember that very well. Yeah, and you've crossed a few hundred, right? <laughs> uh, I'm up to two twenty one. <laughs> so that's a good segue. So now this podcast is about Jim. So. Let's tell us a little bit about your story. What? Well, first off, I want to know before we get into the running part, what did you do in your work career? Because, see, I'm in sales and I'm a yep. people guy and I can tell you're a goal by, you know, by your goals that you share on social media and all that you're a goal oriented guy. And you probably didn't just start that this year. You probably lived your life that way. So like, tell me a little bit about your work life, too, if you don't mind. Like, no, happy. Thank you for asking. Like you, I'm a sales guy. I uh, got my degree uh, from the University of New Hampshire in 1974 in hotel administration. Okay. And back then, the prediction was that with the advent of computers, that eventually the American society would become a four-day work week. And I thought, well, what are people going to do with three days? They're going to travel and go to hotels and take vacations. And so that started my hotel career. And so I did that for, oh, boy, uh, 15, 18 years. And then I took out on my own, struck out on my own, and started my own consulting company and did that for 30 years of sales, marketing, and management to – Every tier in the hospitality industry, hotels, motels, resorts, independent hotels, management companies, big brands, Marriott, Starwood, Hilton, and uh, upscale bed and breakfast. 
and and focus on sales, marketing, and management. So you would go around and help help them become more successful at growing the business. At growing the business, my, my responsibility was to help increase you know revenue through occupancy and rate. And then I became you know the customer tells you what how they see you. I had people say we like how you communicate. We, we like how you came in and just seem to become part of the team as opposed to just being a consultant who knows it all and our team needs help. And that kind of led into me doing uh, one-on-one executive coaching and, uh, you know, executive committee team building. And, and then that kind of became the, the big part of my consulting career. Okay. And do you still do any of that or are you completely retired? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, I, I, I qualify myself and say semi-retired COVID. Well, 9-11 wiped a lot of guys like me out. Then the great financial crisis wiped a lot of guys like me out. COVID took everybody out. Um, and I'm at a point now where I truly don't want to work that much um, and have a great network. And so still do some consulting that as long as the terms are right, I'm happy to do it. So, yeah. so when did you take up running? Ran in junior high and high school, cross country and track, ran casually through college, ran casually after that just to stay fit. And then the key part of what really took me further is uh, my dad died in 1999. And I was very close to my dad and uh, wanted to do something in his honor. And yeah, you could write a check and you could you know, have a nice tombstone. And I thought, no, I want to do more than that. And at that time I was living in New Hampshire and had always watched the Boston Marathon. And I consider the Boston Marathon the holy grail of marathon because it's the only marathon in the world that you have to meet a qualifying time for to get in the race. Yeah. And dear friends of mine said, we understand you miss your dad. We understand you want to do something. Why don't you run the Boston Marathon in memory of your dad? I said, well, first off, I'm 49 years old. I've never run a marathon. Two, uh, you got to qualify. And so I don't know how I could ever do that. And they said, no, 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 no. Run it as a charity. Raise money, get an official bib number, and do it that way. Well, my dad died of liver cancer. And uh, the American Liver Foundation, which has become a consulting client of mine as it works out, (laughs) Uh, uh, was one of the charities and you had to raise back. This was the year 2000. You had to raise five grand. Well, I've, I've got a pretty good social and personal network. People were very supportive. Uh, and I got a bib. I raised the money, became one of the top three, I think, fundraisers that year. And as you know, anybody who's kind of in the amateur status like we are, the goal is to say you can run a marathon under four hours. And I thought, well, I'm going to give it my best shot. And I ran 349.50. Wow. And I tell people next to being there for the birth of my three children, uh, crossing the finish line in the year 2000 for the Boston Marathon is the best thing that's ever happened in my life. I hear that. And I've been running ever since. So you got the bug in Boston. Yep. Wow. Not a lot of people can say that, can they? 
<laughs> I don't think so. Uh, and, and I and, and I know from my travels and you know when you meet up with runners, everybody wants to hear your story. I've I've run sixteen Boston's. Now I'm, I'm probably I'm probably all done running Boston, but um, to be able to say that I've not just ran my first one, but ran sixteen of them, you know, is pretty. It's, it's a pretty neat accomplishment. Yep. Now, did you ever, did you run every one of them as charities, or have you qualified for Boston before? I qualified for out of the sixteen, I qualified for fourteen. Wow, that's impressive. It's uh, it well, thank you. Uh, and as you know now, I mean, nowadays it it it, it became so popular because everybody wants to say they were in Boston. That at some point, I can't remember when, but I think around 2010, they moved the qualifying times back about 10 minutes. And even then, if you hit the qualifying time, you, you still might not get in. You had to beat the qualifying time for your right. age group by about three, four, or five minutes to hope to get in. So. Right. I was still able to do it, but those the, Boston's such a hard race. Those days are over. Now, I may run Boston again as a fundraiser, but uh, those days of qualifying are over, that's for sure. Yeah, that's been the case for me. You know, I had big, big, when I first started doing marathons, and it's only been just a few years ago. My first yep. marathon was 2018. Yeah. But uh, I had big dreams of qualifying for Boston, and I haven't really given up on those yet. Nope. But uh, my dreams have kind of moved to in a different direction, more towards longer distances than getting faster, you know. And but if you if you talk to Dawn, she will tell you that the foundation for all speed is endurance. And no question. So we definitely have been working on my endurance. <laughs> no question. No question. No, I, I I totally agree. Dawn's right. Um, and that sort of stamina and the mental makeup to do the endurance does wonders for you. No question about it. Yeah. And one of the other people I spoke with, Chris Twiggs, I don't know if you know him. Do you know him? I know of him. He's, a, Gallo he's a Galloway yes. uh, coach. He's the yep. head coach for Galloway. He said that he didn't get fast until he started doing a hundred milers. The hundred milers made him faster at the marathon time. So <laughs> maybe and, I have a chance. And you're still a kid. So you got plenty of time. You're yeah. still a kid. And and if I once I get past the 60 mark, I get another 10 minutes, I think. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I I tell people every five years, I can't wait to be another year older. I hear you, they get to the age group, right? <laughs> oh, I can be the youngest guy in the new age group. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, the local, you know, when I was doing the uh, local 5Ks and 10Ks here in this town, all of this, I was, I guess, 50 to 54 in the, my first age group that I started doing those races. And those guys were all the serious runners in my town. There was no way you were getting an award in those races unless you're really fast. I, here, here's what here's what amazes me, and here's what continues to motivate me. Uh, I'm 70 years old now, so the number of guys that are in my age group for most races now, unless you go to some of the major races, big city races, it's a pretty small number. Yeah. So what motivates me is to see how I can. I don't. I don't. 
and anybody who knows running and, and appreciates what you're doing and going through, anybody who's smart doesn't ask me, you know, what was your time? Finishing is the goal. Not hurting yourself is the goal. Feeling good about your accomplishment is the goal. Well, all those three things prevail. And for me, well, how did I do my age group? <laughs> and so uh, at 70, I want to I wanna be in the top three in my age group. And many times I'll tell people, hey, I won my age group. Now, the fact that I was maybe the only guy in the age group, I don't mention that. But... <laughs> it don't matter. Right. You, you win the age group, you win Absolutely. the age group. Absolutely. Because you win just just by being there, really. No question about it. Here's here's something I just learned this week. You'll appreciate this, and particularly as people listen to your podcasts. It focused on the, the theme was it had nothing to do with marathons, but it focused on the concept of ageism and people belittling aging particularly in our society. But this was interesting. They found that people over 60 who feel very good about themselves as they age go on to live seven and a half years longer than most people their age. So to, to, to our common interest of staying fit, running, just finishing the race, well, I feel wonderful about that. And yeah. now to point, Good grief, I could live longer as a result of doing what I very much enjoy doing. Why shouldn't I? I ha I'll have friends who will say, when are you going to give this up? And I kind of look at them with a weird look on my face and say, why should I? What, what are you right. It's a win-win situation there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what they're really asking is, why do you keep doing this when I know I could never do it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like after uh, Jack's, how do you feel the next day? Or do you do you are you sore? Do you I'm still sore. I'm tired. Um, I generally give myself with no strict timeline. Um, I and, and Jack's is tough. I've already told Dawn my right. days with Jack's is yeah. Those days are over. Okay. Um, uh, technical trail races are very very challenging. Uh, and I can generally feel good uh, two days after a race. Yeah. I'm on the third day. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no question, I'm sore and tired, and I just kind of grab a book and relax and, you know, yeah. rehash the race and feel good about finishing um, wherever I finished. And, so, and, and as you know, you know, the finish line is the start line for the next race. So, yeah. So going back to Boston and what year was it again? 19? 2000. Oh, 2000. So going back to Boston in 2000, there weren't a whole lot of 50 staters and marathon maniacs back then. There were some. So did you discover them at that race or did it take you a few more? That's a great question. I didn't discover the 50 states, Marty, until maybe five years later. Oh, okay. I was on a business assignment out in L.A., consulting assignment out in L.A., flying back to New Hampshire, and the L.A. Marathon had been that weekend. And it was a direct flight, and there's a guy standing there in the aisle, and he's wearing his L.A. jersey, and I'm always wearing a marathon jersey. 
and I walked up. I'm wearing my Boston Marathon jersey. And I walked up and started chatting with him, and we we're starting to compare stories. And he says, "So, what's your next goal?" And I said, "Well, I don't know." He said, "Well, it seems to me you're enjoying this, and you're off to a good start, but I think you, I think you do yourself a favor if you have a goal." And I said, well, "Okay, what do you suggest?" And he said, "You should look into the 50 State Club." Well, I looked into it. And at that time, so I start, ran my first one at 49 in 2000. So now I'm 54 years old. And I thought, boy, what a neat deal this is. And so from 2006 to 2010, I ran at least two marathons a month for four years and <laughs> knocked off all 50 states. <laughs> and and then, to your, then, then, to, then to your point of very few people, when I ran my 50th state, and I may be a little off on this, but not much. I was at that point in 2006, the 475th person on the planet to be able to claim 50 states. Yeah. Wow. I I just got the newsletter a month or two ago. I can't remember. There's not that many, even still today, which is what, um, 18 years later. Yeah. Yeah. It's not many. 16 years later. when I ran my 100th, and I did it in Boston, kind of with the tribute to my dad, when I ran my 100th, I was one of 425 people on the planet to have done 100 marathons in all 50 states. And that was in, that was in 2016. Okay. Yeah. So, so when did you... Did you move to Florida after you retired or semi-retired? No, no, uh, no, no. Quite honestly, moved to Florida after divorce. Uh, we lived in New Hampshire. It was a small town and, you know, it became a, a little uncomfortable. And I was into running by that time and thought, well, if I'm going to keep doing this, I want to be in some place where I can train year round. My parents had moved here. I had some consulting clients down here. And so moving to Florida was easy. Okay. So what town do you live in? Orlando. Oh, okay. So there's lots, lots of neat little places to run around Orlando. Oh, I have run Disney 12 times, and there's nothing better than running races in Florida in January, February, and March. And so I, you know, my New Year's resolution, uh, I always get the year off to a great start, not just running with Dawn and this year with Dawn and Mike on New Year's Day. I'll knock off. I'll knock off three races a month, January, February, March. Yeah. So have you done the Dopey Challenge? I have not. I tried last year. Uh, and and after COVID, it was the first time they'd opened it up for two years. Yeah. It crashed. And it was so hard. I sat online for hours and hours and hours. And I left and went to the gym or did something. By the time I came back and the, the registration was up online, it was all sold out. <laughs> yeah. That happened to me this year. I did. I ran it last year, and I like two. What was it? Five days after Dawn's race was when I. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so yep. I ran like twenty six miles at Dawn's race on on. I think New Year's Day was a Sunday last year. This year, okay. and then Thursday I was doing the five k to start the Dopey Challenge. I want to. I want to. I want to do the Dopey Challenge just because I think the T-shirts and the medals are just unbelievable. Oh yeah, you get six shirts and six yeah. medals, <laughs> <laughs> and also spend six hundred and forty bucks or something it's like expensive. that. Well, 
I remember when I spoke to Steve and Paula Boone about what advice do you have for me about taking on 50 states? And they said, you have to understand the following things. One, injury prevention is key. Yep, I get it. Two, scheduling your life is not easy. I mean, how many, how many marathons are there in Montana and North and South Dakota? There aren't many. Yeah. And then three, they said, we just got to be honest with you. It's expensive. You know, I, I figure overall on average, on average, a, a good marathon costs a thousand bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, dopey's expensive, but I live here so I can get up early in the morning and drive and all that sort of stuff. So uh, not not 23, but maybe 24. Yeah, that one and New York City, that marathon is more like 3,000 uh, yep. instead of 1,000. Yep. My my hotel bill for the five days that we were there was 2,000 by itself. Yeah, yeah. But I, I have people now, not many, but I've had a couple people who have said, good grief, at 1,000 bucks a race, and you've now run 221. Think of all that money. And I said, no, no, no. Think of all the stories. Yeah. Yeah. Life is short, man. Uh, I, would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would not give all that back ever, ever. Yeah. Not and, 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 and not just the stories, the chance to build relationships with guys like you and Mike and Don and Violetta and, you know, JD. And I mean, that, that, that yeah. just means the world to me. And people all across the country. I mean, you know, you like we said earlier, you not just the local crowd, but you every race that you do, whether it's in California or Arizona or New Hampshire, New York, you you're gonna meet somebody new if you're, you know, if you're open minded and and don't keep to yourself, and and uh, it just adds to the circle of friends. Um, I had a great. Not wonderful circle of friends who came to Chicago with me last October for my 200th marathon. And I ran it for the American Liver Foundation again. I ran it in Chicago. And I'll never forget, uh, they, they, they met me on different parts of the race and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then we went out to dinner that night and the city's packed. Okay. I mean, Chicago's is, 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 is one of the majors. Okay. Yeah. Um, and we're in this wonderful restaurant. There had to be 250 people in the restaurant. Dear, dear friend of mine, Harry Lunt from St. Louis. Uh, we're standing at the bar waiting for our table. And, and he asked the bartender, what's the big bell for? He said, well, the big bell is for special announcements. He said, well, I've got one. And I said, okay, ring the bell. And he rings the bell. So this is to your point of meeting people and connections and all that sort of stuff. He rings the bell, and all of a sudden, this busy restaurant of 220, 240 people goes quiet. And Harry's a pretty tall, good-looking guy, so he commands attention. And he said, thank you for your attention. I just thought you'd like to celebrate and toast to my buddy here, Jim Miller, who just ran his 200th marathon, and in doing so, raised $200,000 for charity. Well, the place went crazy. Wow. And I had people come up to me going, this was my first marathon. Can I have my picture with you? <laughs> I want to be like you when I grow up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was great. That's awesome. It was great. Wow. I don't even know how to uh, follow with that. 
No, no, no. What else you want to know? I feel terrible now because I was there at that race and I didn't even get to meet up with you. I was so busy out doing I, I remember that. I do remember that. That's okay. Not to feel worried, not to feel bad. It, it's 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 amazing for for races like that. It, it's it's much easier at Dawn's races. At big races, there's just so much to focus on of well, well, think about think about how much time it took for us to even get our bib numbers in Chicago last year, right? Oh, yeah. Definitely. So there's so much to do. And then you got to remind yourself, I got to run a race tomorrow. So there's only so much time and so much energy. So, yeah. And, and part of my responsibility is to keep my wife supportive. Like she is, I've got to keep her entertained and make sure I do some things that she enjoys doing when I'm on those trips. And, and we know she likes to shop. So, I mean, we got to find time for that. So, I'm totally with you. Totally with you. Yeah, no, no, no. And, and, and again, I say you're very lucky to have a supportive partner who is there for you. It, it makes all the difference in the world across. The, I mean, I'm out of 221 races so far, I'll bet you I crossed the finish line for 150 of them and had nobody waiting for me, you know? Yeah. Um, but to have somebody waiting for you, that's uh that, that makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, I agree. All right, so let's move on then. So you you said you got number one hundred in Boston and celebrated yep. number two hundred in Chicago. Yep. Have you done Have you done all of the majors? No, only um, only Boston, New York, and Chicago. Okay, so yep. not done. Do you have desire to do? The what London, Tokyo, or Berlin? Well, uh, the bigger desire, but it, but quite honestly, Marty, if I do it, fine. If not, fine. It's it's not a you know I have to do it, follow my sword sort of thing. Um, I have now done uh, North America. I've done I've done three continents. Um, so probably the it's almost simultaneous. Um, the bigger interest would be to do seven continents before worrying about seven majors. Yeah, I've thought about that too. I mean, there are some there are some races, epic type adventure races that you know I, that are seem interesting, but the logistics and the cost of them, I don't know that I will ever do. But a re- when I was just doing marathons, they really were intriguing to me. But now that I've gotten into ultras. Not as much so, you know, like the Great Wall of China Marathon. And uh, have you heard of the Big Five Marathon in Africa? Yep. yep. Uh, I thought about that one. But here, let me pose this question to you, okay? You're a smart guy. You know the running world. Uh, Five years ago, I did two marathons on two continents in two days. Which two continents? Hmm. North and South America? No. Come on, Marty. That's too easy. That's too easy. Europe and Asia? South America and Antarctica. Okay. So you've done Antarctica. Yep. Really cold? It was 22 degrees below at the start of the race when you came out of your tent. Sleeping <laughs> the tent at the starting line. Okay. So what is that? Chile that's down there at the bottom of South America? The Punta Arenas. And so that's, that's what... That's where we ran. It's the southernmost point in South America. 
southernmost civilized point in South America, uh, ran there. And, and it was a four loop race. And I was the second oldest guy in the race, only 40 people in the race. And the, the, the commitment to do Antarctica is you have to say you buy into a seven day package. And the challenge is the unpredictability of the weather to get into Antarctica. So you run Pucharinas and then you just watch the weather. Well, we start off and the guy says, the odds are we're not going to Antarctica tonight, but that could change. Well, running the loops, running the loops, running loops. And at the third loop, I'm in seventh place and I'm having a great day. But then I look around. I don't see anybody. I don't see anybody coming toward me. I turn around and see anybody after me. I come to the finish line and where usually they had a banner and a clock and a medical tent and a couple of people cheering there's one guy there tearing down the finish line. I'm going, what's the story? He says, oh, uh, I guess you don't know. We're leaving for Antarctica in an hour. And I said, what? What about this race? He said, this race is over. We'll run it again later this week. I said, fuck you. I just ran 21 miles. <laughs> he said, Jim, you got to make a quick decision here. You want to go to Antarctica or you want to run another lap here by yourself? So I said, forget that. So we flew to Antarctica that night, got in, got in our tent, got up the next morning, ran, and then came back and had to run Punta Arenas again. <laughs> but I basically ran two and three quarters marathons in five days. Yeah. Two marathons in a 35K or something like that. Yep, yeah. yeah, something like that. <laughs> something like that. Dang. Well, it's, it's all about the stories, right? <laughs> well here's the other neat part about the story that you'll appreciate you, you slept in a tent with two other people um the two guys who i slept in the tent with and i should listen because i'm the oldest i'm sleeping in the middle to get body warmth from both of you and they said yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of the guys in the tent glenn Grody, who lives in hollywood florida he and i have now run 16 races together mm. uh, so you know, when you, when, you, when you have an experience like Antarctica, and I'll bet you out of the 40 people that I ran with, I'll bet you eight of them supported my fundraiser for my 200th marathon in Chicago for the American Liberty Wow. And Glenn and I already have races on the calendar for the first quarter of next year. Huh. That's cool. So... Out of the when you're in the 50 state to well, let's go to let's talk about ultras for a second because I'm running out of time here. Okay, so when did you do your first ultra? My first ultra was last, uh, was Dawn's uh 612 last June, and so I ran uh 12 hours and did the goal was 40 miles and I did 41. So you mean River to Sea, River to Sea, yes. Well, that's August, not June. Okay. Uh, well. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Yep. First first weekend in August. Yeah. Okay. But it was hot. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so that was my first ultra, and then after that, the next big goal was to run my first fifty miler, and I did that in the Keys uh, last year. Oh, okay. So that was the one. That's the. Is that the? It was called the Monroe fifty miler or something like that. No, 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 no. The Keys. The Keys. The, 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 it's the Keys 100. 
Okay, Bob Becker's race. The key. Bob Becker's race. Okay. And then I did do, uh, so that was my first, I'm sorry, that was my first 50K. Then I did okay. my first ever 50 miler with the Monroe race. Okay. Diane Romero Lopez is the race director there. She's a wonderful gal, a gal who has paced me to a number of great races. And so I did my first 50 miler in her race. And and where is that located? Uh, it's it's Monroe, so it kind of it's in the Sanford area. Okay. Yeah. I thought I thought she might have lived further south down there around uh, the Miami folks. No, no, no. She's kind of central Florida. Okay. So do you have any desire to get down to Miami to do any of those races? I've done a couple. I've done Miami. I've done Fort Lauderdale. I've done the Keys now. Um, Glenn and I have just signed up to do Fort Lauderdale uh, again, which I think is in February or March. Um, so I, I try and take full advantage of, and travel today is just a pain in the ass. So uh, I try and take full advantage of Florida proximity and run as many races as I think I can handle in January, February, and March. So you just kind of, there's some races I don't like as much. Um, but right now, uh, Dawn and Mike on, on, in, 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 you know, New Year's day, I've signed up for the long haul. Uh, so another hundred miler in January, uh, celebration at the end of January uh and then uh, Fort Lauderdale with Glenn, I think in February or March. And I, I've got a couple others on the books, but I'll get the year off to a good start as long as I'm still healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Reason I was asking is because I'm doing the Miami 50-50 this year with uh Bill Zulus. You know him, right? Yes, 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 yes. Oh, good for you. Yeah, that's a that have you are you familiar with that race? Yes. Yes. So you have to run it with a partner. Yes. And so I thought that would be interesting. I've been wanting to get down there and do one of Lewis Coco's races because he's a really cool guy. I think that would be a great adventure. Great yeah. adventure. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Although it's gonna be freaking hot in Miami in June, but no oh. question. No question. Yeah. So you just reset. Yep. Do you have any desire like ultra? Well, I mean, you obviously got the desire to do hundred milers. Do you have any goals in mind of, of races, epic, you know, adventure story type races in the ultra world that you haven't made public? Uh, that's a, that's a great question. And I'll, I'll give you a part A, part B answer to it, Marty. Uh, I've already done some research. Okay. Guess how many people, ran 100-mile ultras in the United States last year? Let's see here. I would guess 750. Yeah, 7,100. 7,100. Yep. That's now, now, however, I will submit, I don't know, I don't know if I can ever get this verified. I would submit that at least half, if not 75% of them are people like Lucian, who have, Lucian probably ran five hundred milers last year? Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to submit that people who run their first ever one hundred miler in a year 
it's under 2,000 people. Okay? Yeah. So for what you and I are trying to take on with Daytona, and I'm going to hope to make it, but if nothing else, it's a prep for me to do long haul uh, in January. So I'm, if I could ever, I never in my wildest dreams ever thought I could run or even try to run 100 miles. So there's the chance that I could run the two of them. So there's one thing. And then there is a, as you've been good enough to kind of introduce me, you know, through our chat here to Runner's World Plus, there's a great marathon group organizing organization called Mainly Marathon, where these guys across the country, all 50 states, do races where the goal is to run six marathons in six states in six days. Well, Glenn and I, my buddy Glenn from Hollywood, we did from Antarctica, we did that this past year in New England. Six marathons in six days in six states. Now, I think that's pretty epic. Heck, yeah. Well, mainly marathons in 23 has a southeastern schedule of seven in seven days in seven states. And that's on my calendar. So you, know, you want epic? I'm shooting for a hundred miler, hopefully Daytona and long haul. And I'm shooting for seven, seven and seven with mainly marathon. Wow. What, what are the states that they're doing in the Southeast? Uh, kind of Alabama, North, South Carolina, Georgia, West Virginia, Virginia, kind of that, that track right there. Wow. Yeah. And if you knock out that seven in seven days, then, uh, that puts you at the highest level of marathon maniac that's possible to achieve, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. No question. Yep. No question. That's, so that's all there is left for you, right? <laughs> I, at this point, Marty, I don't have anything to prove. Right. I'm happy with what I've accomplished. I, I will say this, which I have not made public. And, and it's not cast in stone, and I'm not going to follow my sword for it. But I set a goal this year, kind of in keeping with I'm a sales guy like you, and I'm a I'm a guy who believes in themes. So I started this year at Marathon 202, and so in keeping with the theme of the year 2022, I thought, well, I'd like to get to 2022. Well, that would be 20 marathons in a year. Um, well, I'm at 221. If I finish Daytona. I'm going to give myself credit for 222, 223, and 224, right? Okay. Well, if that's the case, and I get off to a good start in the first quarter and run at least five or six in Florida, and then I think about doing seven and seven, I could have 12 done by April next year. Yeah. So it's not inconceivable that I could hit 250 next year. Now, if that's the case, the way my mind works, now, remember, I'm old, okay? You're still a kid. I'm old. It's conceivable that it took me 14 years to run my first 100, seven years to run my second 100, but I could conceivably run my third 100 in four years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, that, I, kind of, I, kind of I kind of make my own stories. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. That's pretty epic. Oh, thanks. Thanks. You're very kind. Very kind. So just to kind of close this out then, 
So share, if you don't mind, with the world what your when you started this year, what you mentioned what your running goals were, but I would like for you to share your other goals that you set and give the give the progress on that too, because I think it's every bit as important. You're very, very kind to to pay attention and be a good listener and ask that question. Um, because the other things I think they're certainly meaningful to me. Uh, I built the whole plan around the theme of 2022. So I, the other key milestones are that I would do volunteer service work for at least 222 hours. And I am in the middle of November ahead of that pace. And I do it with Habitat for Humanity. I do it with Second Harvest Food Preparation. I do it with a program called Read to Succeed. Uh, where I spend 30 minutes a week with a first grader helping he or she read. So one of the first resolutions was 222 years of community service. Second was, and this kind of goes along, this is in sync with how I do training. Um, And you see my Facebook post, so you know about this, that I would read 222 books because I do a lot of my training on the treadmill and the elliptical and to make the time go by much faster, I read. And so I read 18, 20 books a month while I'm training. And then the third was to uh, reach Marathon 222 uh, this year. So those are the top three. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. I was hoping that you would go into detail about your, about your volunteer time and you did. And, and that's awesome. And, and I'll tell you, I, 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 uh, tomorrow I do uh, four hours of uh, community service with uh, uh, Second Harvest, where in the, in the four hours I'm there, we will prepare. And let's remember, I live, I live in Orlando. I live in the happiest place on earth. We will prepare 2,500 meals to go out to area school kids. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. It's uh, it's been a real honor, and I know we could do this a, one day a week for all no, year. No, 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 no. You, not you run out of stories. Your, your 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 questions were great ones. I've enjoyed. I've been looking forward to it. I'm I am I am humbled and appreciative that you asked me to spend time with you. I I can guarantee that this will be one of the highest downloaded ones because. Well, for one, I won't have to spend any time editing because you know how to do it already. You're a great talker. There's not a lot of us and buts and and you knows. And uh, it's just been filled with with great stuff. And it's been a real pleasure. And, you know, I hate to get all uh, emotional and sappy and all, but the, the, the things that I already knew about you have just been fortified even more, man. I, I mean... I, even though I've known you a short time, I feel like I've been knowing you all my life and I consider you a true friend. And it's, it's, it's just really great to talk to you. Love you, brother. And I'll see you. Uh, I'll see you in Daytona. I look forward to it. And we'll have to, uh, we'll, we'll have to try to have a meal together that night before if possible. We'll make plans. Rest assured. The night after. And, rest assured. And, I'm gonna, rest assured we're going to make it happen. And hoping and praying that the race does happen. Open and, yeah, indeed. If there's anybody who can make it happen, it's Bob Becker, that's for sure. So so let's hope, okay? Yeah. Sounds good, there, Thank you. Okay. You too.
Bye-bye. Take good care. Bye-bye. Wow, what a guy. And what great stories. I really enjoyed talking to Jim. As I said in the introduction, Jim just completed his first 100-miler on the same race that I did, the Daytona 100, where he got first place in his age group. And he'll be going for number two 100-miler in January at Long Haul. And on the subject of Daytona 100, uh, my next episode should be a recap, or maybe next two episodes will be recaps of the Daytona 100. I plan on doing one with my crew just to kind of give a perspective of what each one of us experienced during the race. And then I plan to talk to a few others that ran that race separately. I actually talked with a couple of good friends on Joe Fuller's podcast, the Florida Trail Runners podcast, recently about my experience at Daytona, and that should be coming out any day now. I want to sincerely thank you for running your miles with Marty today. I know there's a lot of choices out there, and it means a lot to me that you chose to run or ride with me. I hope you enjoyed the show. If so, give us a review. Hit that subscribe button and spread the word, just like that running community love. We're on social media at Miles with Marty Podcast, and you can email us at mileswithmartypodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again to our sponsor, Squirrel's Nut Butter. Spread the lube at squirrelsnutbutter.com.